At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson, Executive Director of the Commonwealth Policy Center. And joining me today is Brandon Porter. He is the Communications Director for the Kentucky Baptist Convention. Brandon, welcome to the program. Hi there. Good to be here. Thanks, Richard. Hey, this is kind of like old times because uh, you used to work with me and you used to run this program. And you were you were the guy behind the microphone leading it. So it's it's good to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, it is very reminiscent. So, yeah. So, Brandon... I thought I'd pull you in on a really challenging conversation. Uh, this is what people are talking about, and I think really what a lot of Christians are wondering about, too. How and, and the topic is this. How do we process disappointment in troubling times? You know, we just had a very close election. Uh, we have had charges of election fraud. And then bringing it to just the other week, there was the protest at the U.S. Capitol that was mostly peaceful, but a number of people uh, got violent. Um, they broke through police barriers. They uh, broke windows. They invaded offices. And uh, a lot of people that believe that the, the, the election was stolen and tried to justify those actions. And I really I thought it would be good for you and I to talk through this, to process through this um, from a biblical worldview and, and from the perspective of how do we— is Christians first think through this and and then and then respond when you have uh, trouble all around? Uh, and with you being the communications director, I know that this is something that you think about and and uh, probably feel the complaints or, or or have conversations with people who are who are wondering how to think about it as well. Yeah, sure. I think it is a very important topic. Obviously, you you can't turn on your uh, radio or your television um, without hearing an update, without seeing videos. Uh, folks are having to uh, think through how to talk through this with their children. You know, our, our children, so many of them are uh, doing school from their computer. And and so it, they're just in front of a screen all the time. And it, it's so hard to to even shield them from some of the images that perhaps we would want to shield them from. And so um, I know lots of people on lots of levels are trying to think through how to process what's happening. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to the election, and we know that every election is important, and it seems that as our country increasingly rejects biblical principles and our founding ideals, and when I talk about that, I mean freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of association, there seems to be greater urgency among among conservatives that says, look, we're losing our nation what can we do? And uh, I took a call. I did a program earlier today when there was a guy, a caller called in and said, look, uh, we can no longer, essentially, we can no longer do it by peaceful means. The elections don't matter. The election has been stolen. Now, I disagree with that. I don't think it has been. I think there were um, obviously allegations of fraud and uh, that's been investigated, but I don't think the election was stolen. But there's this despondency, if you will. And um, so I want to just look back last week to the violence that took place. How do we respond, first of all, as Christians, 
to that violence, the, 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 those who stormed the U.S. Capitol building? What is the Christian response to that? So I think we have to, um, what, what has played over and over in my mind is what is true. That, 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 that's where we have to start. You know, I mean, this really does come down to a battle for truth. And we have been battling for truth. Does truth exist? Who owns truth? Who protects truth? You know, where, where do we find truth? And the interesting thing to me um, in, in processing through that is uh, that that's the question that Pilate asked Jesus uh, there um, on the, the just moments before he uh, gives him over to the crowd to be beaten and then hung on the cross. Um, what, what is truth? And so this is not a new question that, that we are entertaining. Um, the, the temperature is higher in the United States of America right now, but the question is not a new question. And so I think as Christians, that, that needs to be our job. We, we, we are to be light shiners. And uh, we, we know that, that evil and wrong loves the darkness and hates the light and wants to run away from the light. But um, as Christ is light in this world, we have been called as God's people to shine the light um, on the darkness, certainly, but, but all across. And so that, that, that will reveal the truth. And so that, that should be our pursuit. What is the truth? That's very complicated um, because there are lots and lots and lots of versions of the truth, probably more versions than ever before readily available to us on, on our phones or on our computer screens. And, um, and so that there is a, a great competition for the truth that's accessible to anyone who, who can be, you know, on the World Wide Web. And, and so I think that definitely figures into this. And so I would say that that would be the first is, is pursuing what is true. And if we were to pull back the layers of that, then, then if, if this is a big conspiracy, then everyone from the Supreme Court to all of Congress, to Vice President Mike Pence, they're all in on this. Um, Secretaries of State in multiple states across the United States, in Georgia and in Arizona, Um, you know, I mean, (laughs) the the list goes on and on and on. Um, and, And yet we struggle to find one case. Certainly there are irregularities. And we knew that, that, that this was going to be a tough election because of the pandemic with the vote-in ballots. But for there to be enough to overturn the election, I mean, that, that amazes me to think about how many layers of people would have to be in on this if we're really being tricked and duped and the, 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 the results are totally the opposite of what we're led to believe they are. If I could add one of those layers, it's the uh, the federal court system where in the battleground states where legal challenges from the Trump team have been brought uh, to their attention and, and they haven't produced evidence. And, and that's one thing. The other thing is that in many of these uh, jurisdictions, they were conservative Trump appointees. And that's the place where we hash out our differences. If there's allegation of wrongdoing and if there are charges made, you bring it to a court and the judges haven't, uh, they've not found the wrongdoing. I want to go back to this idea of truth, though. Uh, some people are convinced in their mind that they're right, that the election was stolen. And and um, I guess that's when we need to get back to foundational principles, right? Uh, I, I, would you say, Brandon, you're, you're part of the, uh, the media institution, news media realm. 
leading Kentucky Today and and some other uh, media outreach efforts. Would you say that the news media has some responsibility into clouding the truth, into feeding into a narrative that might not be all based on facts? Um, there are definitely adjectives that are used in, in news stories um, on TV and print and on the radio that, um, that uh, stir people up on, on both sides of the aisle, I would say. And that's not anything new, I don't think. We've been seeing that for years, but we've seen it more increasingly over the last four years. And I think it has really, you know, the pot is just boiling over right now. Yeah, I agree. Brandon, we're going to take a quick break. If you're just joining us, you're listening to The Commonwealth Matters. Brandon Porter is here with me, Richard Nelson. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Growing up as a child, who did you turn to whenever you had a crisis? Who was your source of strength, who held you in the darkest situations and became your beacon of light? Most of us will recall the love of our parents, our grandparents, our family. But the harsh reality today is that there are many who face the dark places of life totally alone. Since 1869, the mission and the ministry of Sunrise Children's Services has been to help children in crisis. That need grows every day in Kentucky. Everyone with a passion for children can join us in giving hope to children in need. To learn more, just visit sunrise.org or call 1-800-456-1386. Matthew 2540 tells us, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you did for me. Now's the time to be a child's source of strength. Come help us at Sunrise Children's Services. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, talking with Brandon Porter about uh, processing uh, disappointment in troubled times. And Brandon, we've been talking about uh, the election disappointment, and I want to go to one of the elements, and we just talked about the news media maybe contributing to some of the misinformation or coloring uh, some of the stories that, that ultimately lead people to believe a certain way or feel a certain way. But, you know, there really is concern in the Christian community that we're losing our nation, that we have a nation that is hardly uh, what it was 50 years ago, hardly what it, what the Founding Fathers intended, where uh, religious freedom is increasingly threatened, where the sanctity of life is uh, not respected, where uh, we've really, in, in many cases, lost a moral reference point, a joint moral reference point by which we can agree that some things are wrong and some things are right. Uh, Very troubled uh, time that we're in. So there's this urgency, I think, in the conservative Christian community to to capture or to to, to preserve our freedoms, to preserve our liberties. Um, And yet there are many trying to figure out how to do this in the right way. So how do we, with that tension that's there, there's a real urgency to preserve the gift that God has given us in this country, the gifts of our freedom. And then there's this uh, tendency to um, uh, get bent out of shape and to respond in the wrong way. How do we temper ourselves as Christians against that? Yeah, so I I would think that the place that, that we would look to try to figure that out would be right to the New Testament, where those early Christians uh, were under the authority of the Roman Empire. And, um, and, and, you know, obviously 
the, the, the Jewish people, the, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, uh, were not friends of the Christians there, even though th- that they were some of their kin people. Um, they, they, they wanted them eliminated from the picture um, as well. And so, so we see really um, two governments leaning in on the Christian, the, that first century group of Christians. And so to me, that, that's a wonderful place to go and look. And, and so what, what do we see there? Well, first of all, we see Jesus live for 33 years and we, we hear his messages. We hear him uh, talk about grace and truth. Uh, we talk about him being uh, uh, wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove. We hear him say things like, bless those who persecute you. Uh, do not curse them. Instead, bless them. Um, we, we read you know, where both Paul and Peter talk about honoring the government, honoring the leaders of the government, pray for them, um, um, extend to them um, obedience, submission as far as you possibly can. And so I think that that's where we go is that, that we, we, it's kind of like you were saying, we, we, we find that point, how far can we go to honor the authority, how far can we go to submit to that authority? And then once we come to that line, if we're forced to come to that line, then we, we dig our heels in the sand and we, we try our best in a very Christ-honoring way to express and, and to use the resources that, that are made available to us. We see Paul do that. We see Paul captured, uh, being taken off by the Romans, and he lets them know that he is a Roman citizen and he has rights. Um, and they honor those rights, and that, that shifts. It, it doesn't remove him from the situation. The hardship and the difficulty remains, but it does make some difference there. And so I, I think we have to be very careful um, in the way that, that we do that. Obviously, you know, physical violence um, is never um, going to be the, the way of Christ. And, and so um, even if we are uh, wronged to the utmost, uh, physical violence um, against uh, the authority uh, or against fellow citizens um, it is not going to be the answer. I, I don't think that that would be what Jesus would have us to, to do and to live by. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so the FBI just released a bulletin uh, alerting the public that there's a group, an identified group. They didn't name it, interestingly enough, but they've identified a group calling for armed protests at all 50 state capitals, including uh, our nation's capital in Washington, D.C., and uh, they have reason to believe there could be uh, the intent of violence at some of these things. How do we respond to that? Is that, you no? Know, again, we have First Amendment freedoms to speak and to assemble and to, and to have protests at capitals, but we're talking about armed protests. What, what is, is there a Christian response? And by the way, just for the record, I believe in our First Amendment rights. I believe in our Second Amendment rights. But considering the context that we're in of a lot of anger and uh, resentment towards the government, um, what are your thoughts about these protests that are may take place? And by the way, uh, Governor Andy Beshear here in Kentucky has announced that he is preparing measures to protect the Kentucky Capitol. I was told to just stay away from the Capitol, which is just a few minutes from where I'm recording the program right now. But what are your general thoughts on on these protests that are coming up? I would have a hard time justifying going and being a part of something like that, especially, you know, if, if the, um, if the announcement has been made so clearly that it has made its way all the way to the FBI and they are fully informed of the situation, um, then, then it certainly has spread out to the grassroots, probably even more details have spread out to the grassroots. And, um, that, that would not be a place that, 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 um, you know, if, if I was going, I would, 
want to see it as an opportunity to witness and share the gospel, but not to be a participant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems to me, and I and I agree, uh, it seems to me a, a recipe for something bad to happen. And if you see, there's a proverb that says, if you see danger on the horizon, uh, prepare yourself for it. So it, it, we live in troubled times, and there is danger on the horizon. Um, Brandon, do do you think that, uh, and a lot of this comes down to the election, and many people believe that it was stolen, uh, do you think that as Christians we have been placing a disproportionate emphasis on elections and electoral politics uh, and in the results of those elections as Christians, I'm thinking. And I'm, you know me well, and you know the work of CPC is to encourage good citizenship. We encourage people to vote and to vote biblical values. But uh, I'm just wondering if, um, just in general in the church, if we placed a disproportionate emphasis on electoral politics. Yeah, I, I don't know so much if I would, um, if I can maybe distinguish, I don't know if I would say so much in the church. And when I think of the church, I think of, you know, the the, the gathering of believers and, and Bible study classes and the, the preaching of the service or preaching of sermons and, and worship services and things like that. I don't know that, that there is a disproportional amount of attention given there, but I would say that, that I'm concerned about Christian people who are consumed with the news media, with 24-hour-a-day news talk, television shows, news talk radio shows that, that, that um, are, are you know, filled with commentators and opinion and, and, and arguing. I mean, to be honest, that there, there are some programs that, that I just have to turn off because they're talking over each other all the time, and I can't emotionally, I can't take that. It, it wears me out. Because it's stirring me up, it, it's causing me to feel unsettled. Um, and so, if, if you are continually, if that's your continual diet, then no wonder you're unsettled and upset and and not sure what to believe. And 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 you know, I mean, just just rattled and shaken. Um, it, that that would be understandable. But I I do see that um, to some degree with. Uh, with with people and and that that's people in general just consumed by it, um, but but in reality that that is that that is an important part of life. That that's an important part of of being a Kentuckian. It's a part of an important part of being an American, but it's not the only important part. Um, we still have, you know, um, uh, jobs. Uh, we have health. We have uh, family. We have. Uh, God's beautiful creation. We have hobbies and athletics and music and all kinds, you know, so, so I do think as you look over the scope of all, all that we should be focusing on, all, all that we should uh, give attention to, um, maybe we do, we do give too much attention to one category and it has proven to not be healthy. Brandon, what I'm hearing from you is to find balance in your life, and we do. We have seen imbalance, which is easy to, to happen to all of us in our in our digital age. We get sucked into whether it's news outlets or Facebook and social media feeds or what have you. So, balance is an important part of the of the Christian life. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, Richard Nelson here with the Commonwealth Policy Center. It's clear that the news media isn't always fair. In fact, there's lots of far-left bias and political gamesmanship. No surprise there. So if you're looking for a perspective that's grounded in the truth of Scripture and our nation's founding principles— 
then get plugged into CPC's resources. Sign up for our e-newsletter at CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at Commonwealth Policy Center. And we're on Twitter at CPC for Kentucky. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson here with Brandon Porter, and we are processing uh, disappointment in troubled times. And Brandon, uh, one of my observations in recent weeks is uh, I'm seeing Christian leaders, pastors, ministry leaders that are actually cursing um, (laughs) their opponents. Uh, There was a pastor in Louisville that uh, actually called down curses on uh, what he saw as the enemies, uh, those who've lied, those who've stolen, this is a quote, those who've stolen the election, those that have cheated, I placed a, gur- a curse of God upon them. I curse you with weakness in your body, I curse you with poverty, I curse you with the worst year you've ever had in the name of the Lord. Now, when you look at the Old Testament, you'll find what we find are imprecatory prayers. David prayed curses on his enemies. It's pretty black and white. Uh, is it appropriate today? Or what? I, let me just ask: What are your thoughts about Christian leaders cursing their enemies today, their opponents today? So, so I've I thought about this in, in the sense of those Psalms, and there are many things in the Bible that surprise us that, that are in the Bible, um, that there are lots of count, accounts of human nature that God has allowed to be in the Bible that shock us when, when they're in there. And so um, even though we, we would say the Bible is the inspired and the inerrant word of God, it doesn't mean that every single example is an example for us to follow. We, we could find plenty of sinful examples in the Bible, and the Bible is not condoning those. God is not giving us liberty to live in those ways. The Psalms are David's honest reflections on life and leadership and everything that that was happening in in his world around him. Um, I think we can all identify with what he is saying, that, that there are times when all of us wish that God would crush our enemies. but does that mean God has given us the, the freedom and the directive to pray and to ask him to crush those enemies? Um, maybe, but maybe not. And, and, and honestly, I would put my foot down probably on the maybe not side. Again, to go back to something we talked about earlier in the program, what did they do in the first century? What, what did those early Christians do? Um, Paul was chained uh, to the wall many times when he wrote those epistles. We never hear the Apostle Paul pray down curses on Caesar or on any of the Roman leaders or on any of the Jewish leaders. We, we never hear him say that. In fact, he, he prays for them. It grieves his heart that they have not come to Christ. And, and he, I mean, you think about it in, in the book of Romans, he said if the nation of Israel would turn to Christ, then he would forfeit his own salvation. He'd sacrifice himself for the whole of the nation. Um, so, so I think um, that, that, that the, the, the pulpit and the local church is a powerful place. And I think this story has reminded us how pastors should be very careful of what they say, because it not only... Um, has implications for those who are in the congregation in that specific service. But as we've learned here, it's gone out, um, you know, I mean, in the day and age of our technology, who knows where it would actually stop. It it could go around the world. 
And so, so we have to be very careful in, in what, what we say and, and preach from the pulpit. Brandon, that's a good word. I, I really appreciate that. Um, do you think that we may be in the church, and generally, again, I'm speaking, that we forget who's really in charge? And I'm not minimizing the importance of elections and the importance of who's in office by any means. But do you think that we forget really who who's in charge of it all? You know, I think that's I think that's a great point. I was thinking along those lines in our earlier segment um, when we were talking about so much emphasis on politics and people being stirred up. And I was I was thinking about why are we so stirred up? Part of it is is fear. Is we we are afraid we're going to lose our liberties. We're going to lose our our, our ability to worship. We're going to lose lose lose. Yeah. And and that makes us afraid. And on one hand, that that is healthy and right. But on the other hand, we are strangers. We are foreigners. This, this, this world as is, is not our home. Um, we, we heard Jesus tell Pilate himself that his kingdom is not of this world. Um, and, and I think it's interesting that the, the places where you see Israel going into battle in the Old Testament, over and over and over, God takes takes down the the ability for human um, victory and celebration and puts them in places where they could say it was only by God's power. It's only by his grace. It's only by his might that we were able to accomplish this. His word for his people was, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Follow me. Walk with me. Do what I've told you to do. Don't be afraid. Um, I think about the first chapter of Joshua. Uh, be strong and courageous, for I am the Lord your God. And so, so I think um, I think that that does not call us to just lay down and take things. I think we still need to exercise our our ability to speak into the public square, uh, but but do it in a right way. But 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 trust the Lord for the outcome, and and remember that He sees a, a bigger picture than than we see. He's He's playing the long game, and sometimes we get caught up yeah. in just playing the short game. Yeah, that's good. That's so good, Brandon. Uh, we've got just a couple minutes till we need to wrap this up, but um, it, kind of uh, springboarding off of your point that you're making there, do you see gospel opportunities in the middle of all this mess, if you will? So tell us how that would look. Tell us, tell us how that would look. I think, I think asking questions <laughs> rather than making accusations, asking questions, um, asking people, why do you believe that way? Um, how do you see that? You know, uh, wh- why do you think that would lead to a better society? How do you think that would promote human flourishing? I think those kind of questions open the door. What do you think about the sanctity of life? You know, do, do you really think all life is important? Um, asking questions, those open the door to gospel conversations because all of those things matter to us as Christians because of our faith, because of our relationship with Christ. And so I think. You know, because of, of all the unrest, that there is opportunity with some people to have discussion. And then I think the other side is that we have all been cooped up and we're communicating over Zoom and FaceTime. And, and you know, I, I just like to talk to people face to face. And so yeah, I, I've, I've had more conversations with cashiers and folks at gas stations than I have in a long time just because we want to be around people after this pandemic. That's good. Brandon, I wish we could unpack this a little longer. This is this is so good to talk through this with you. We're, we're, we are out of time. God bless you. You keep up the good work. You too. Thank you so much. 